With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every touchdown, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a 99-yard pass to score a touchdown or a fumble in the first minute of the game. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The holidays are a time to feel and create joy. And what could be more joyous than the look on her face as she unwraps a stunning new jewelry piece from Blue Nile? How about getting 50% off your purchase? Blue Nile offers premium quality, priced below traditional retail. Their online experts are available 24-7 to answer any questions and make sure you've picked the perfect gift. For a limited time, you can get 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's 50% off at BlueNile.com. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hey Reese, bitch, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Babes outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Hello, hello. Welcome back yet again to another edition of the Mavs Outsiders Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Bibbins, on Twitter at 
Bibbs Corner, joined as always by my co-host Reese Williams on Twitter at MFR25. Season is starting, I believe in like 30 minutes from the time that we're recording this, some along them lines. And uh, I, I couldn't be more ready to actually be able to critique basketball. The accounts. Reese, how you feeling? I'm excited, man. Actually, based off of this, off the TV guy channel, the game should be starting at 730, uh-huh. uh, which means 15 more minutes because NBA games never start on time. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited, man. I, 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 it's been so long. It feels like so long since we had basketball games every day uh my league pass is activated I'm, I'm locked in i'm ready to watch some good basketball that includes the dallas mavericks i'm, I'm ready for them to stress me out because i know it's bound to happen i'm just excited to have hoops back man i'm excited for nba basketball i'm not excited about dallas mavericks basketball but that's a whole nother story uh before we get into it too deep I do want to go ahead and, and try to do this up front. I've been I'm trying I've been trying to do this up front for a long time and I always forget. So read the show notes, first of all. Uh, if you are new here, we tend to talk about things other than the Dallas Mavericks at the beginning of the show on our weekly show. So if you don't care about any of that, skip ahead to the Mav stuff, which uh, I usually try to detail in the show notes. Five star reviews. We love them. We need them. If you haven't left a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, go ahead and do that for us on Apple. If you write a few words in the box, love these guys. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, it boosts us a little bit more in the algorithm. Uh, follow the Instagram, Mavs Outsiders Pod. Should be getting some clips out there in the, the coming weeks. YouTube, Mavs Outsiders as well. Subscribe. Should be some video clips on there already. Some more to come. You especially want to subscribe to the YouTube if you aren't able to be a patron because you'll be able to get video there. You won't get full episodes, but you'll get clips from episodes that the patrons see. Speaking of which, got to push the Patreon. Uh, Shout out to all of our people who have already subscribed. Do you still have any shout outs to do? I'm going to do it at the end of the episode. Just remind me. I'll try to remind you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to add it to the notes so I don't forget. Uh, I need to add it to the ones going forward, too, but I'll add it for right now just in case. Uh, what, how about you do that instead of the Unsung Hero Week this week? I mean, yeah, there's no Unsung Hero yet. That's what I'm saying. I, I just put it in that slot. I was going okay. to put it there right. again, but I just put it in the Unsung Hero slot. Okay. Um, so patron shout out. Uh, if you are not a subscriber of the Patreon, I do want to tell you what the, the the perks and levels are. Do you already have that readily accessible? I'm trying to find it. But uh oh, what ready ready readily accessible? Patreon, like tiers and whatnot. Yes. Uh I can load it up real quick. The app is so terrible, man. Yes, so the app does not have the same stuff as the uh the website is website. is is much better. Uh I just got it on the website. So if you need me to do it, I'll do it. I got it. All right. Uh you want the tiers, right? Yes, go through the tiers, starting at the lowest. Okay. First, wait a minute. Oh, wait, I don't have it. Okay, I got it. Oh, no, I do. I'm sorry. All right. All right, first tier, $3 tier. That's $3 a month. It's the outsider's tier. What's included, you get access to Patreon polls, access to our fantasy league that we're doing right now. We already drafted for it, so probably too late for that. 
you get a shout out every week on the podcast and you get priority over all other tiers. Well, any non-subscribers, any non-subscribers on mailbag episodes. So if we do any Q and A's, if you have a question, sometimes we get a lot and we probably won't get to all of them. Patrons get first priority. Second tier. I think this is, is this almost popular or is anyway, outside of star. I think it should tell you. Yeah, I think it is. Um, Yes, by far. It has more than twice. It has twice the amount of the next two highest. Okay. Outside of starter, which is $5 a month, you get everything that's included in the $3 a month tier, along with the video version of the podcast, video version of the NBA show. We get ad-free content, obviously, priority over all other tiers and mailbag episodes. The next one is the Outsiders All-Star, $10 a month, 10% off merchandise. We don't have a lot right now, but as we get merchandise, you'll get 10% off. Behind-the-scenes clips, uh, like bonus clips from episodes that are taken out. You're eligible for quarterly merch drawing. So every quarter, which is every three months, we'll do uh, a merch drawing for free merch. And you get priority over the other tiers and mailbag outsiders, all all outsiders team, like the all NBA team. It's twenty dollars a month. You get a monthly Zoom hangouts with the outsiders with starting those during the NBA seasons. They'll probably be watch along games or something along that uh, along those lines. Uh, you get a podcast appearance once a month for a member of this tier, but has to be a hundred dollars paid in for eligibility so you have to be a member of this tier for four months before you can get access 20 yeah five months i can't count before you can get access to this tier you get a t-shirt upon subscribing we still owe people a t-shirt but i mean you're gonna get hoodies because yeah we don't have t-shirts yet we're gonna do hoodies at this point yeah uh priority over all of the mailbags and you get access to the insider episode with shard miller not every month, but when we do get insider interviews or be sending me something actually, I need to follow up. Okay. When Shaw Miller uh does insider interviews for us, only people in that tier and above will be able to see it. And then last but not least, the Hall of Fame tier, which is only housed by one person. The outsiders Hall of Fame tier includes obviously priority priority over every other tier in the mailbag you get input on changes you'd like to see to the podcast merch design input new segment input input on talking points for upcoming episodes you get first notice on guests and you get to play gm or an outsider's play gm week subscribe to the patreon there and, and those are just we just started this during the offseason, so it's new. We're ramping it up over the months throughout the season. Over a while, we'll be adding new things as we, you know, as we come along. So hop on to the Patreon, man. Yeah, and we actually have at least one person at every level. That's actually interesting to me. To me, it tells me that we did a pretty good job with picking uh, picking the levels. So I agree. Uh, it's crazy. The person at the $50 level isn't even a Mavs fan. Shout out to my boy, Brian Guzman. Facts, facts, facts. All right, let's get back to the show. So that's the that's the housekeeping notes. Um, quick shout out, bit the the Have You Seen podcast? That's my movie review podcast. 
uh, TV reviews sometimes as well. I did a review of an indie French horror film called Pandemonium this week. And me and Tyler did a draft of our 30 favorite horror. And we, we kind of got a little bit flexible with the horror. We did thrillers, suspense movies. Okay. As well. So horror uh, properties, that's TV shows or movies since 2010. So uh, name, name a movie that you can think of or a show that's come out over the past few years that you would expect to be on the list. Since 2010? It's 2010. It has to be a show. Show or movie. Limited series is count. There was a goddamn fuck it. There was a movie right off the top of my head with Ethan Hawke in it, and I can't. Black phone? No. Okay. Sinister. I don't think Sinister's on there, actually. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods definitely on there. I, I knew I knew y'all. I knew one of y'all drafted Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, so Black Mirror's on there. Uh, Get Out is my favorite movie. You know that had to be on there. That was probably your first draft pick. I'm not gonna say it was or wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> is that episode out yet? Uh, it's out. So it is out. Um, Sinister's 2012. I think we both. There were a few movies that we both said like. Most people will probably put this on the list, but we want to pick our favorites versus ones we think should be on the list. So subjective list, not an objective list. Right. Uh, we didn't try to pick the best movie. We try to pick our favorites. Right. And our favorites that are good probably got to the top of the list. Question. Yep. Killers of the Flower Moon. I might see it tomorrow. Not sure yet. Uh, I got to go to Savannah tomorrow. I know you won't. I, I know you're traveling. I may not have anything to do, though. So if there's a Regal near the hotel that I'm staying at, I hope my job ain't got, it doesn't have me like doing a bunch of extra shit. But if they don't, I might try to slide out to the movie. If I don't see it tomorrow, I'm going to try to see it Sunday because I'm only going to go. I'm trying to go early, so I have to go a day where I'm not working. Actually, I may not be able to go. No. Yeah, I got to do the podcast with Jerron and Derek really pretty early tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So. I got to do it around noon my time. So, yeah, that probably won't work. Right. You know, the podcast, I'm going to try to take my mic with me so I can try to record the recap tomorrow, or I might just do it on my phone. Okay. Yeah. If you want me to, I'll dolo it. We'll see. I'll try. I'll try, but I'll let you know one way or another. I am right. All backboard. Shit. Messing up my fantasy points. All right. Um, any you mentioned your podcast? Any episode you need to promote? Um, no. Nah, recently, it, it's been all football. Um, we've been recapping the football. I put out an episode last week, but it's technically outdated now since the the new week has uh has started. I mean, has ended. So, be on the lookout for the new episode tomorrow or Thursday. Um. Yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, watching anything lately? Loki. Um. Gen V. Uh, for my anime fans, Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, for my anime fans as well. And if anybody's listening to this who watches anime, who has watched this. 
Um, I'm thinking about diving into the Digimon 2020 or 2021 reboot or whatever it is. Okay. Um, it interests me because this is not just updated animations. It's like they take the first season of Digimon that came out and it's the same characters and stuff, but the story is different. Not completely different, but the story steps are different. Different things happen. I'm like, I've heard things, but I, I don't. I don't know. So if anybody's listened to it, I mean, watched it, uh, tweet me and, and let me know if it's worth checking out. But uh, yeah, that's all I'm watching right now. Um, I started showing my girlfriend the boys on Sunday for okay. the first time, because if I tell her to watch it and she'll have time to watch something and she'll just rewatch Game of Thrones all over fucking again and it pisses me off. I'm like, bro, watch something else. Like you never watch Game of Thrones, right? No, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I was showing her the boys. Sound like a hint to me. And I think it was like episode two or three. She was talking about A Train and she was like, see, why the black guy gotta be the bad guy? I was like, to be honest with <laughs> yeah. you, probably the least problematic <laughs> out of all of them. But say he just a regular celebrity asshole. Like, yeah. I said, I said, let's keep watching. But yeah, I'm not. That's all I'm watching right now. Okay. Um, how you feel about Loki so far? He about to get teed up, boy. That is. Um, I think. Anyway, I'm sorry. Distracted. Oops. Um, Jamal Murray definitely got fouled on in fucking three. I don't know if you're watching. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Loki. I'm liking it so far. Last episode. Kind of. Have you watched episode three? I have. It's kind of iffy for me. I'm. I'm not. Episode one and two started off good. The start to this season has been better than the start of season one for me. Okay. And when we got to this episode, I'm like, all right, we bringing in spoilers. It's been a week. We bringing in Jonathan Majors. You know, we we bringing in the Kang variant, uh, Victor Timely. Shit ain't work for me. I don't know where they plan on going from here, but it's. I need to know what the end point is. And this is the problem with six episodes. You only got three episodes left. You only got three episodes left to make something work. Yeah. And I think so like second episode, <clears throat> they had a like big battle. Yeah. But it was like, you didn't really feel it. It took place in like 30 seconds. And um, I think that's something that probably gets built up more. If you have a longer season than six episodes, but six episodes. So everything has to fly. Um, Definitely like some of the new characters they introduced. Um, definitely didn't mind seeing my girl Gugu this week. And um Is that is that Ravona? Yeah. Okay. De- definitely didn't mind seeing her this week. Can't believe she was trying to to riz up Victor Timely. That was crazy. It's her. What about Miss Minutes? <laughs> Minutes Minutes said I need I'm trying to be Miss Inches over here. Like have what? you listened to the Midnight know. Boys? I did. Did you listen to episode two? And as, then soon, nah, as soon as she started doing what I was like, no, Charles was right. Charles was right. <laughs> I said, I was watching. I was like, yo, she hadn't. I noticed it when. As soon as old girl they, said that thing about the partnership. And she for that, when they were on the boat and like they, they showed a close up of their hands kind of like touching. And they show her and I'm like. She in the background. 
And then when she moves over and sits next to him, you watch in the corner, she looking like this. I'm like, yo, what's up with her? Like, then when they get alone, I'm like, oh, she's trying to get some dick. She is wilding. I'm trying to be missing. She's like, where they at? The voice actor, Tara Tara Strong. Legend. Legend. I got to meet her at a Comic-Con. Took a picture with her, got an autograph. Beautiful woman for her age. Okay. I do her, but not Miss Minutes. <laughs> she said she want a body, though. If she put on the Miss Minutes voice, Mike. She Mike. said, I need a body so I can get bodied. Like, she was like, I'm not playing around. Another funny thing they said in the Midnight Boys episode, it was hilarious that she changed her color to black and white. Like, yo, you're a fucking animated floating <laughs> clock. Like, I thought I took it as a joke. I did too. <clears throat> it was hilarious. Um, yeah, Miss Menace was not playing. She was like, please, Daddy. I need it. Have you watched Gen V at all? Say what? Gen V. Have you watched Gen V? I watched Gen V yet. I, I might try to do that while I'm in Savannah, too, because I'm going to be alone a lot. Okay. <laughs> the fact you got to be alone to watch that show is crazy. Like, like I tried. I started I started to hit play in the airport. I was like, nah. I started to hit play on the plane, and I was sitting beside somebody with kids. I was like, nah. Like, even if I angle this, like, they might see a reflection on the window. Like, never mind. They ain't even worth it. So I got to be alone in the hotel room with the vault with headphones on. Like, I can't let the volume come out because ain't no telling. Ain't no telling. Um, but yeah, low key, I'm feeling it so far. Uh, like you said, this third episode. I think they complained about Jonathan Major's performance. I didn't like it. I didn't mind it. I thought it was a little bit exaggerated, but like he got to play like 50 versions of this dude. So it is what it is. Um, They did make a lot of racial jokes about a black dude doing stuff in the 1890s, but it's Chicago and black people were doing things in that time period. When he hit him with that boy, I was like, okay, all right. They wasn't wasn't all the way in on him, but they showed a little bit of respect till it was time to disrespect him. Yeah. Um, and they were trying to put hands and feet on him. So I don't know why they said he wouldn't be scamming out there. Like he was scamming. He just was trying to skedaddle at the same time. And he lived in a different part of town. It seemed like he had getaways, escapes and hideouts. So it wasn't like he was just living reckless out here. Yeah. Um, that's really it. I started Follow the House of Usher. Only watched two episodes so far. Um, inter- I'm enjoying it. Uh, it came up during the episode with Tyler, Mike Flanagan is like the horror TV show guy of our era. He did uh, Haunting a Hill House, Haunting a Bly Manor, Midnight Mass, Midnight Club, and uh, now the Hall Fall of the House of Usher. I think there might be one more I'm missing. But a few of those ended up on the list, too. Um, hearing good things, fortunately, have not seen any spoilers, so do not spoil that for me. I talked about going to Savannah this week. I'll be there leaving tomorrow at like 11 a.m. Eastern. Tomorrow is Wednesday. And I'll be coming back probably Friday, which means that may impact Friday as well. I uh, should be back Friday night in time for the game, but like I might also be leaving out of town this weekend. And I'll right. be doing that Friday or Saturday. So, so I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, with that said, anything else we need to get to or can we start talking about the maps? No, nah, let's start talking about the maps. All right, quick break and we'll be back after these messages.
Three years ago, I picked up a mic for the first time and started my podcasting journey. Since then, I've tried a lot of different softwares and distribution services, but I finally landed on Zencaster and I couldn't be happier. It's so easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. I can log into my browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. You get studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen. See what they did there? Knowing that Zencaster's multi-layer backups ensure that you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Zencaster is an all-in-one service as well. And one thing you'll learn about podcasting is that you need a lot of different tools and services to put out a professional podcast. With Zencaster, those days are over. Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform allows you to create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code MAVSOUTSIDERS and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all of my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. You can also hit the link in the show notes. All right, back to the show. All right, we're back. And uh, before we get into our big uh, talking point today, big news. Tweets is talking about the Josh Green contract. Uh, Josh Green finally got his extension. It's three years, 41 million, about 13 and a half or 13.6 and some change mill on the annual, which comes in at about what I predicted last November when I said four years, 54 is likely the starting point based on what I expected from him last year, uh, which came in at 13 and a half mil per year. At the time, I was told I was crazy, crazy like a fox. Josh Green is paid or crazy like a sugar letter, maybe one may even say. How you feel about the contract? I love the contract. Um, <clears throat> shout out to our boy Gifted, whose episode just dropped on YouTube with us on it. He called me and said, "Hey, y'all out here robbing motherfuckers, man! Like, what's 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 going on?" I said, "Hey, man, tell him get a new agent." Shit, I don't know what to tell you. Hey, look, I was nervous. I I didn't know if, if this deal was going to get done. Matter of fact, since we're here live on the podcast, let me do it now. Uh. I owe you 10 hours. <laughs> so I should have doubled it up. I, I owe you $10. I owed you $10 before the George Green thing. I was going to send it on the podcast, but that just made it. Yeah. Eating the deal. Um, I love the deal. That's going to be a steal. <clears throat> That's going to be a deal in a year or two. And this is just my faith in Josh Green and his progression and the player he'll become. In a year or two, we're going to look at that deal like, holy shit. And it's going to help because if a player comes up to where we have to give up Josh Green and it's worth it, it's a nice contract you can attach to where it's not too much. Right. It's a good size contract for multiple reasons. I think it's fine for him <clears throat> as far as like it's, it, it's, it is an underpayment, I think, as far as if you compare him to other players around the league, like he probably could have got a little bit more. But as far as 
uh, being enough, like he's not sub- severely underpaid, like some people say it was robbery or whatever. I wouldn't say it's that. Um, but it's over in three years. He's still going to be young at that point. Like he has his time to get another contract in before he's in his prime. So I'm fine with it for that for that reason. And I believe it makes him a free agent the same year as Luca and Kyrie. Uh, so depending on how things play out over the next few years, it works that way. You mentioned the size of the contract as far as tradability, like easy to fit into a package with some other people. And yeah, like you said, I do think he's going to outplay that contract pretty quickly. And I'm, I'm just glad he's secure. So I ain't got to worry about him going into the agency in the summer and then us getting outbid from keeping him. Yeah. That's just a, a black cloud. We don't have to worry about being over the team and over him going into the season. It's taken care of now. We can just go on the season, focus on him balling, focus on the future of the team. Jaden Hardy up next. That's that's gonna be tough. Um, all right, that's really all on the news front. Unless you can think of anything else. Oh, I guess there is one other thing we can talk about. Saw a tweet that yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Pretty go much ahead. locked in that Derek Jones Jr. is going to start tomorrow. I just got the alert. Thank you for paying up, brother. Um, <laughs> Derek Jones Jr. is going to start over Josh Green tomorrow. I was said that Jason Kidd was going to change his lineups based on the matchups. What are your thoughts? Ineptitude is my thoughts. I just, I don't, I, we talked about this. Guys knowing their role is key to chemistry on a team. There is no successful team in NBA history whose starting lineup every game was based off of matchups. Mm. Not one. Not one. Not a playoff team that I can think of whose starting lineup was based off of matchups throughout the season. Now, if he wants to do this early in the season to see what he likes, I still don't like it. But there's a game limit on that. Five, six games. You should know by that point. Starting Derek Jones Jr. and I still don't agree with it. We just paid Josh Green and we bring in the guy off the bench. He's not starting this game. Next game, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't think it's a good idea. I'm not going to say it's, excuse me, I'm not going to say it's bad coaching, but it's bad decision making. Just start our best players. That's all I'm asking. Just start our best players. (sighs) How do you feel about it? Yeah. I, uh, the, the, the simple way to put it is when you roll out your starting lineup, the idea would be that your starting lineup is built in a way that the other team has to adjust for it. Not that you're adjusting your team based on the opponent. If you're doing that, then what are you saying about your team? First of all. Secondly, I think Josh Green is very much clearly a better basketball player than Derrick Jones Jr. I am not a person that gets caught up in the person that starts has to be the best necessarily, but this doesn't make sense in any way. I could see if Derrick Jones Jr. was a great catch and shoot guy. 
And that's why you want to do it because you want Josh Green to be able to do more in his minutes when he's on the floor. You don't want to quote unquote waste him on the court with Luca and Kyrie together. But Josh and Green is a great catch and shoot guy. And then when one of those guys comes off the court, he can step up and do more with the ball or whatever. I think that uh, by playing with Josh Green again, you are setting the team up for, like you said, that that situation where guys don't know their roles. And Derrick Jones Jr. is on the court with Luka and Kyrie to begin the games, throwing up bricks, and then everybody hates him. Like for what? Put Josh Green in there. Play him thirty-five minutes. I I don't I don't know why we got to play around with this. I personally don't know why we got to play around with it. I just hope this. I hope this is a quick thing where he realizes, okay, Josh needs to start. Like it, it shouldn't last that long. I'm mad we even have to talk about this, but the sad part is we're not surprised. Nope. Not at all. Let's move on. Another quick break. We're going to get into our season preview. We got a few questions to run through. I don't expect it to take an hour after these messages. Amplify your sports passion with Bet Online. Bet on your favorite teams and sporting events to make every moment even more exciting. The NFL season is basically underway, and there's a lot of money waiting for you to win. What better way to enjoy some Sunday night football than to have some stake in the game with Bet Online? Not comfortable placing bets before games? That's cool. You can take advantage of live in-play betting for any game. Watching the New York Jets? Second quarter, going into halftime. Aaron Rodgers only has 130 passing yards, and you're thinking maybe, just maybe, he can hit 350. If you like the lines on it, place the bet during the live game and cash out if he hits even before the game is over. The live betting feature allows you to bet on your favorites quickly and easily and in real time. Find live lines for all major sporting events, including NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, and soccer, along with a wide variety of promotions, including welcome bonus, reload bonuses, free bets, and contests. Claim your welcome bonus and get started with a bang. Register today and grab your exclusive welcome bonus to start your sportsbook betting journey. Go to the link in the show notes to receive a 50% bonus on your first deposit up to $1,000. All right, we're back. We're going to get into the season preview. We had some questions that we had. We're actually going to ask some of our guests if we were going to, if we we still may bring on some guests, but the way my schedule was set up, it it just didn't work out the way I wanted it to as far as getting it done all in before the season started, but that's fine. We don't have to do it before the season starts. We can bring on guests during the season. That's a thing we can do. So with that said, let's get straight into it. Uh, First thing is, what are your thoughts on the current roster construction? And if you want me to go first, I can do so. I can go first. Um, I think mentioned it on the uh, the NBA show. Very top heavy. Um, if you saw that show, you will know the analogy that I use. Hashtag Mavs got the titties out. Um, very top heavy. 
we filled the team out nicely with some pieces, but they're average at best, average to good. I don't think we have anybody who's exceptionally well at their role. We have guys who are good at best at their role that still holds to be filled, was still small in the front court. Uh, we still lack pending Derek Lively, seeing what he looks like. We still lack interior defense. Uh, we still lack uh, a real rim protector. Um, we lack a lot of perimeter defense. I think if Luca or Kyrie goes down for a significant amount of time, we're going to see what this team really looks like. That's not saying if Luca or Kyrie goes down for a specific amount of time, significant amount of time, that this team is going to fail. It's just going to force a lot of guys to step up, and we're going to see what we really have. But with Luca and Kyrie, I think this team has a clear floor, and I'm comfortable with that floor. I just need the role players on the team to step up to raise our ceiling. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that uh, the team is built with a lot of guards. And it sucks because our two best players, as you mentioned, were top heavy. The guys that are implied probably play 38 minutes each are guards. So that's 20 minutes, really, of legit game time for other guards to play, unless you're forcing some of those guards to play the three, and then now you're playing small. So too many guards on this roster, not enough wings that are playable, which means we end up having to play guys that probably shouldn't be playing big minutes necessarily or haven't proven that they should play big minutes, or again, you're playing some of those guards out of position. Uh, I think you mentioned it as well. I would love to see a veteran paint presence big on the roster as well. Um, Dwight Powell is not a paint presence. Rashawn Holmes, I don't think he's a paint presence person. He's not, no. So I, I would love to see a veteran paint presence big on this roster. That's uh, that's definitely a, a position of need. And again, we have another position where we have too many bodies. So with that said, I'll transition to the second question I was going to ask, is which which issue or what issue do you think is the biggest issue with this roster construction? I think it's what you mentioned, too much guard play. I don't think we have enough flexibility at the other positions. Um, obviously, Maxi and Grant are good, but they're both streaky players. We're too heavy at the guard position off the bench. With I know I consider Tim a wing, but still technically a shooting guard. Uh, Jaden Hardy, Dante Exum, Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr. If you want to consider Josh Green, Josh Green, like, yeah, all these guys can't play at once. <clears throat> and I would like to see all of these guys play, but they can't. But my biggest issue is the paint presence. I like Rashawn Holmes for his offense and what he could provide. Nothing on defense. It's really, and it's not what I wanted, is banking on Derek Lively being good right away. And I think that's too much pressure. So did you say the big issue is their their biggest? Or the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's the guards. You just mentioned it. Five, five guards off the bench could be our five best players off the bench. You could argue it. 
Yeah. That those are our five best our five best bench players are guards and our two best players are guards. And that's again with Josh Green being a bench player in this scenario. That's that's kind of that's kind of weird. That's kind of like that's that's bad. Bad roster construction. I don't like it. Um what is my favorite thing about this roster though? It's the youth. Like the fact that we actually have young players that are going to get better, that are going to develop, that we can develop. That's that's exciting to me. Something we haven't really had. I know we we uh debated how old we actually were in the past because of who was playing versus who was not, but this year we legitimately have a lot of young players that are one going to play and two going to be around for a little while. So I'm excited about that personally. Uh, what's yeah. Your- uh, people forget Dante Exum is still very young. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is no nah, Rashawn. Like, Say Derek Jones Jr. is younger than I realized. Yeah, he's like 26, 27, right? Uh, I don't think he's 27. I, I think he might be 26. Let me double check. Because I think, I don't know how old I thought he was, but I know he's younger than I expected. Yeah, but he's 26. He's about to turn 27 in. February. Okay. So we'll turn 27 during the season. But yeah, he's only 26. Exum, another guy we mentioned who's probably going to get some playing time. Uh, he is 28. Well, he's in his prime. He's going to be in his prime or in that prime for another four years if you say so. So guys that could be around for the Luca era. Yeah. Pretty much. What's your favorite thing about the roster? The youth. Uh, the youth as well? Yeah, that's what I was about to get into, the youth. Uh, Jaden Hardy, Dante Exum, Derek Lively, Josh Green. That was one of my favorite things I saw this offseason. Omax Prosper, uh, <clears throat> who, after seeing some things, I'm not expecting too much from this season, but I think he can develop into a very good player. A very good player that can help this team. Uh Having that youth on this team makes it more exciting. But just to defer from not having the same answer as you, I'm going to go with the athleticism. I don't think we've had athleticism on the team since we've drafted Luka. I think this is the most athleticism we've had on one team. Josh Green, Jaden Hardy, young athletic, Derek Jones Jr., athletic. Derek Lively, athletic. Sean Holmes, athletic. Uh, Dante Exum, to an extent. Uh, Omax Prosper, athletic. Kyrie Irving, athletic. I, I want to see some lineups where this team is running up and down the court. And I want Luca to start running up and down the court. Uh. I, I want to see some runs in transition. I want to see some running gun offense. So I'm excited. I mean, I'm not expecting it, not with Luca on the court, but we saw it a little bit last year with Kyrie on the court, how this team was running, and and I want to see more of that this year with these athletic guys we got on the squad. Okay. Um, any moves that you would still like to be made this year? I'll say first half of the year, trade deadline, whenever. I think the obvious choice is THJ. Uh, we got to move THJ to somebody in the front court, uh, preferably a center. Maybe a power forward, not sure. Maybe a bigger, small forward, uh, defensive guy. But he he's cl- he's part of the clog 
at the guard position. I don't know what the relationship is like. I can't speak on it because I'm not in the locker room, but it doesn't look great with the whole him not talking to kid about the role thing. He said himself he wasn't sure if he was going to be here. I think it's just time to move him at this point. Yeah, um, I said the same thing. I uh, would love to see Tim. Uh, and again, we've said there's five guys there that I want to keep Exum. I uh, think it would be kind of messed up to trade Seth again. Yeah. Uh, Definitely want to keep Josh, obviously, and I want to keep Hardy if possible. Now, if again, if an all-star, borderline all-star, small forward pops up, Josh and or Jaden probably got to be in that trade, and I would live with that. Uh, but Tim Hardaway Jr. is the obvious, easiest answer for me to, as far as a guy to get rid of. Uh, why? Josh Green plays defense. Tim Hardaway doesn't. Dante Exum can run point guard, which Tim Hardaway Jr. can't do. Seth is a better shooter. That's simple. Jaden Hardy's young, young, and already can do things that Tim Hardaway does and has upside. So Tim Hardaway Jr. becomes the expendable piece, in my opinion. If he was consistent, I wouldn't be having this opinion, but he's inconsistent. So him being a veteran doesn't make a damn make it make a difference to me. Does not make a difference to me. If he was a consistent veteran that I've seen saw, saw somebody said I don't understand why people want to get rid of a 40% three-point shooter. Because he's not a consistent 40% three-point shooter. He's they a 10%. Last season. Yeah. Was he at 40% last year? I think he might have been 38. But either way, he's yeah. 10% for a stretch of games, then he's 60% for a couple games. And I, I'd rather have somebody that's going to give me 37 all the way versus somebody that's going to give me 10 or 70 and makes takes terrible shots along the way, no matter what. And then I'm just praying that some of them go in that day. That's not somebody I like on my team. With that said, based on the roster, and we did this a few weeks ago, mine slightly changed. But what's your what's your favorite five man? And this doesn't have to be your starters, but like this will be your closing lineup. What's your favorite closing lineup right now? My closing lineup right now: Luca, Kyrie, Josh Green, Fran Williams, Dark Lively. Okay. Um, same. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. Yeah. So uh, let's get straight to the next. Like who eight man rotation? Who your next three? And so, I had to get tricky with this one. It's always tough. Maxie's in there. Maxie for sure has to be in there. Jaden Hardy for me for sure has to be in there. And that third one is tricky. Um, but I'm gonna have to go with Exum. That's funny. I think we had it the opposite last time. Let me, I'm about to pull it up. I'm pretty sure Tim was in mine last time. Definitely had Tim in there, and you called me out for not including my thing. <laughs> Let me see. What changed? That conversation with Jason Kidd and the fact that I don't expect him to be here that much longer. Dang. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm in the wrong one. I'm sorry. Lack of conversation with Kidd. <laughs> yeah. Let me see, we're on episode 20, I think. Yes, which means the last one we did that would have been. Okay, so last time you had Hardy, you actually had Hardy Powell Tim, so Maxie's new for you as well. Yeah. I changed mine in two ways because I was trying to put my favorite players, but now I had to think about it a little bit differently. So previously I had Exum Holmes Hardy as my next three. Uh, so when I had to rethink it, I said, all right, three things. One, 
small ball big because most likely you want your we got lively as our big man big and i want a small ball big so that's maxi has to be in there holmes is not going to be that maxi's going to defend so i gotta put maxi as a small ball big next i want somebody that can can get buckets when luca and Kyrie maybe are a little bit cold or when one of them has to go to the bench so i went with hardy uh this time and then the third one uh we need wing defense. So next best wing defender, unfortunately, that's Derek Jones Jr. And that means that better players aren't going to be in that eight-man rotation right now. And maybe there's a spot for them. But I have to think long-term, I have to think Luka and Kyrie are playing 40 minutes in the playoffs. So there ain't really a lot of guard minutes to go around. Uh, Hardy gets the, the majority of those. Uh, Josh probably gets some if one of them is off depending on who they decide to bring in. And then DJJ is going to be needed as that, that third wing defender um, to, to take some fouls and get in the way pretty much. Uh, of course, like I said, Maxi spelling lively when we go small and then Grant Williams, obviously going to be tasked with a lot as well during that stretch. I think the four Luca Kyrie, Josh and Grant Williams are going to get big minutes in any playoff scenarios. And then the people that have to spell them won't have to do as much. Okay. I like that. I mean, I understand the the the, the Derek Jones Jr. pick. It, it makes sense. I thought you were going to go with Exum, even when you said wing defender, because he can defend on the wing. It's the last second choice to go against <laughs> in that spot. Last second choice. But Exum is a guy who maybe gets independent. Maybe Luca or Kyrie have to go out for foul trouble or whatever the case may be. Then Exum becomes the next man up as a ball handler. Um, okay. I think that's pretty straightforward. Jason Kidd, we've kind of alluded to it. We've talked about it in the past. Should he be on a hot seat or is he safe? Hot seat. <clears throat> Fact, the Mavs didn't make the playoffs last year. Hot seat. Some of the shit that's going around, I know the Mavs front office probably doesn't care, but it's a bad look. He needs to be on the hot seat. Whether we like the pieces or not, regardless of the holes that we think the team still has, pieces were added. We do have Kyrie and Luka. We don't make the playoffs. Changes got to be made. Yeah. And I said that he's probably safe based on the fact that historically, Mark Cuban does not like to fire people. Uh, His history with the team makes it even more tricky. So he's probably safe. But based on performance, I would say he should not be. Uh, Historically, we've seen his past runs as a coach. Starts out hot then gets weird and gets fired. Uh, I, I can't say that uh, I've seen anything going back to last year that inspires confidence. And the, th- the stuff that I'm hearing right now coming out of training camp and things like that also d- do not inspire confidence. So I I personally would, would love to be a normal organization that puts a coach like Jason Kidd, who's dealing with a generational talent, and now uh, a superstar, another superstar in Kyrie, and is looking at a team that people are not projecting to make the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Jason Kidd should be on the hot seat. We we should be expecting great things from him this year on the coaching front. But uh, again, I don't know if if Mark Cuban has it in him. <laughs> Fire kid mid season and promote Jared Dudley, man. I don't know all that. 
Uh, I, I think if they did something like that, I don't even know if I would be happy. Like and Jared Dudley's not jumping up to head coach like that. So now y'all just playing games. I'm just talking shit. Yeah. Um. But that kind of highlights the fact that we don't even really have any great assistants around right now because apparently nobody wants to work for him. Anyway, Terry Stotts is a free agent again. Yeah. All right, let's move to someone else. Uh, Nico Harrison. I believe we both have pretty positive thoughts about him, but I- I'll go ahead and say it. I, I personally love what he's done this year. Um, again, you got to grade him on what he came in with. I think going and getting a guy like Grant Williams is a big deal. Getting the Josh Green uh, signing done. Uh, though we hate the guard hodgepodge, just adding a guy like Exum actually means that we got a third ball handler. Bringing a guy like Seth Curry back, who we know works with Luca, uh, I have to look at it as asset management. And if they get a Tim Hardaway Jr. trade done, then I'm, I'm going to be happy with that. Uh, the draft went well also. And it seems like we're taking the two-way contract seriously this year. Obviously, A.J. Lawson was coming back. Uh, we signed, I believe it was Mike Miles to a two-way, but quickly got rid of him when we saw a better player showing up. Didn't feel like we needed to hold on to him. We did that. We went and got um, was it Dexter Dennis that we gave the two way. Think so. And then uh, Greg Brown Jr. got the the third two way as again another guy, a little bit bigger, athletic young dude who has some experience in the NBA. Like that's those are three guys that are on two ways that I could see being contributing basketball players mm-hmm. at some point in time. Maybe not for the Mavericks, but somewhere. And that historically has not been how we use those two-way contracts. So I'm, I'm happy about that personally. Like all the way top to bottom, he's done a good job in my opinion. I agree 100%. I think he's done a great job. Um, I love the fact that he's not a, afraid to make moves if necessary. He's not just going to stand pat with the same team. We kind of saw that with Donnie Nelson a lot. Um, his ass, his ability. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, yo. Pause, brother. I was about his ability to flip assets. Okay. Asset management. All right. I love it. When we went into the draft, we were like, okay, we got the 10th pick. Like, what are we going to do? He flipped the 10th pick into unloading Davis Berton's contract, moving back, still getting the guy we wanted. Later, getting a pick and getting a center back. I'm going to be honest. When the last time you seen Donnie Nelson do some shit like that? When the last time you seen... Well, we haven't really had many picks in the Donnie Nelson area. I meant era. And when we did, we drafted terrible players. Just off the strength of that alone, he's an upgrade. I think he's putting the right pieces around Luka. Even though we do have too many guards, you can argue that all of those guards fit the play style that we want to play. It's just too many of them. Like you said, going to get a guy like Grant Williams, even getting a second round pick back in that deal. Asset management. I'm happy with Nico. Nico is safe to me right now. He's not in the hot seat at all. His seat is cold as fuck. He can chill, relax. Not too much, though, because some moves still need to be made. But it's night and day with him and Jason Kidd. Yeah. 
Um, which is sad because I believe they're supposed to be a package deal. Yeah, I'm very happy with Nico. His seat should be very cold. I am not happy with Jason Kidd, but or is he is Nico willing or able even to fire his buddy? We'll, we'll hope. Hopefully, we'll get the answer to that sometime soon. And it's a yes, but <laughs> as of right now, I, I feel like we're stuck. With, we're stuck with Jason Kidd for sure. It, it, it has to get really bad probably for a couple of years before they can get rid of Mark Cuban. Finally, uh, where do you stand on Mark Cuban today? I'm indifferent. It seems like he's stepping this to us to the side a bit to let me go do his thing. I'm happy with that's all I've ever asked for. As long as he's doing that, he's good with me. He's going to do his antics. He's going to talk. I don't care about that. Because that's not affecting players on how they play on the court. That's what matters the most. If he's going to talk, talk. I don't care about the, oh, this is how people view us. Money talks. As long as we paying people, that's all that matters. I just need the players on the court to play well. I need him to let the GM do his thing and get out of the way. As long as he's doing that, cool. So I'm indifferent to Mark Cuban right now. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm not mad at him right now. He's yeah. Been on mics recently, but not a ton. Uh, I would love to for him not to be on mics at all, but that's probably too much to ask. Uh, less mics, more checks. I'm, I'm all for it. Like he, he's people getting paid. I don't have. I'm not stressed about somebody's contract right now. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad to not have to think about him really right now. Um, yeah, not a ton to say about Mark Cuban. Final thing on this particular train before we get into some some of these tougher questions. How do you feel about the fan base right now? You go first on this. I'm going to be honest. I've been a lot less engaged lately, but I see enough. Um, I think I've probably blocked in or muted enough weirdos to where my timeline is pretty tame. Uh, I do see a lot of the younger fans coming in every now and then. And I actually love finding new fans that I've never seen before. Cause at some point I feel like I, I know everybody for the most part, but I love seeing the newer fans. Uh, the conversations are interesting. I think a lot of them, a lot of the newer fans are nicer to our guys, like more homery. Uh, I think that there's a lot of, there's a little bit of a rift between the American fans and the Slovenian fans which is something to watch. And then other than that, I don't know. I feel like I don't really have a gauge on what to expect from the fans this season. Uh, I'm curious where we're at in December. Like that's probably going to change by December. Um, <clears throat> My thoughts haven't changed on the fan base. They still annoy me a bit, but I think that just comes with the territory. We're not all going to agree on everything. Um, I think there's an excitement around the fan base right now, which is positive. We need something positive going into the season, and I'm excited about that. Like you said, check back in December. We'll see how it changes. Uh, But I'm not seeing too much crap on my timeline. Just typical Mavs Twitter stuff. Uh, I'm just excited to see how that changes or stays the same when the season starts. Okay. All right. Um, let's take a quick break. I got four more questions that are a little bit more interesting than the math stuff. This is actually, this can get outside of the team a little bit, or we're going to talk 
uh, bad or good about some guys on the team. We'll see how how you answer these first two questions. We've got four fun questions, and then we'll get into closing out the show. Here on the Mavs Outsiders Podcast, you're not going to hear a whole lot of capping going on. But today, we're making an exception. That's because we're proud to be sponsored by New Era Cap, the official headwear provider of the NFL, MLB, and NBA. When the Mavs won the title in 2011, one of the first things I did was jump online to buy championship merch. I bought two things, a t-shirt with the path to the ring and the official New Era Cap with the Larry O'Brien trophy beside the Mavs logo. I can describe it 12 years later because that hat is just as crispy as it was the day it arrived. You too can support the Mavs in style by purchasing your own New Era cap. And because we like you, we're going to give you a discount code. Shop the official headwear provider of the NBA and get 15% off when you go to neweracap.com slash MavsOutsiders and use code MavsOutsiders at checkout. That's 15% off your order using promo code Mavs Outsiders, you can thank us later. Some exclusions apply. All right, we're back. Uh, so four more questions for our season preview. First question is, well, who's the player that you think will underwhelm this season on the Mavericks? Grant Williams. I think people are expecting a lot from Grant Williams. And I don't think, I'm not going to say it's not fair, but I just think some of the expectations of Grant Williams aren't who Grant Williams is. He's not a POA defender. He's a decent shooter from the corner. He's a decent addition to the team. But I think some people are going to be underwhelmed by Grant Williams, and that's okay. It doesn't mean Grant Williams is going to be bad. I just don't think he's going to be as great as people expect. Not everybody, but some people in the fan base expect. Yeah, Grant Williams is my pick as well. Uh, again, it comes down to the expectations. Uh said it before. I feel like people came in not really knowing who he was statistically he was a josh green level player last year and in my opinion with less upside so him coming to dallas he's not i don't expect a scoring explosion i don't expect a rebounding explosion and so he's probably his best attribute is going to be his defense and that doesn't show up on scoreboard so i expect a lot of fans to be disappointed when he's putting up six points a game, eight points a game, four or five rebounds. And people are going to be like, really, this is the guy we went and got in free agency. But that's who he is. That's what he's doing. And he's doing his job. Again, I personally don't think that that's a problem. That's what we got him to do. But I think that a lot of fans have set themselves up for failure because they think that he's somebody else. I agree. <clears throat> A uh, player you expect to be surprisingly good. I went with Dante Exum. I knew that was your pick. Um, I think he already has surprised me a little bit. I saw 
when we got them, I was excited about them, but I wasn't really sure what to expect. I had some European fans say that, you know, the, the growth is real. I've watched him a little bit now. I can see the maturity in his game, uh, the poise, the confidence. And personally, I'm, I'm excited to see him. It looks like he's already moved up the depth chart to where he's going to be in the rotation regularly. We'll see. But uh, I do think that he's going to be the guy to step up if Luca has to miss time. I expect him to be be a guy that fans end up really enjoying on this roster because he does a lot of little things. I think my pick is Dante Exum as well. Uh, it's not too many guys, I would say, on a team that are capable of being surprisingly good. Like, I would say Jaden Hardy, but I think people expect Jaden Hardy to take a leap. Um, I'm not too high on Derek Jones Jr. to the point I think he'll be surprisingly good. So the, the next best, best pick for me is Dante Exum for all of the reasons that you mentioned. I think he can come in sometimes with the second unit. Uh, run the point guard position while Luka and Kyrie out. Very good defender. I don't know how well the shot is. If if the shot is falling, that's even better. Uh, he has size, which is something that we need. Um, so yeah, I'm not expecting big things from Dante Exum, but I, I think he'll impress. Okay. Uh, who is the player in the NBA that you need? to see in a Dallas Mavericks uniform. I can't remember who you said last year, but I know who I did. Are you going with the same person you said last year? I'm not answering that question right now. I was about to say you go first then, if that's... I am. It's Brandon Ingram. Uh, I tried to see if there was somebody else that I would replace him with, but no, it's still Brandon Ingram. I think he still fits the timeline. I think I still like his fit with Luca. He's a big, long guy. And yeah, I would love to see him. I, I got to see what that New Orleans team looks like together for the first time with Zion healthy to start the season. But Brandon Ingram, I think, is still the guy I want to see paired with Luca. And I say this, and I'm going to add the, the note I'm not a person that likes taking franchise players away from other teams. So franchise players were not available to me when I was doing this exercise. I was looking at guys that may or may not make probably aren't the face of their franchise basically uh, i think zion is the face of the pelicans as far as the front office is concerned so we're not going realistic with this i, I think that is realistic like I, we're not gonna get Jokic. like that's not you think brandon ingram is realistic for this master long term i'm not saying this year necessarily okay. for me it's bam out of bio okay I would love that. I feel like he's perfect at the center position for this Mavs team. Someone who can stretch the floor, not all the way out to the three-point line, but really nice mid-range shot, uh, physical down low, arguably the best defend all-around defender in the NBA, can switch, can protect the rim, can rebound, even has some playmaking ability. Bam out of bio is perfect for Luca. Okay. I don't know how we get there, but I would love to have right. out of bio. Yeah, no, you could. I was going to say, you could pick whoever you want to pick, but uh, for myself, I had to pick somebody that wasn't, I consider a face of a franchise. All right, so Bam, Brandon. Or, okay. Uh-oh. Paul George. Interesting. Like old man PG, like PG right now. Okay. 
not mad at it. If there was a young version of that, I probably would have picked them. But oh yeah, but uh, I had to see, I wanted somebody on the timeline. Right now, I'm like, fuck the timeline. We can use some veterans anyway. Why not? What's your hottest take going into the season? This doesn't have to be about the Mavs necessarily. Hottest take. Kyrie Irving is going to win clutch player of the year. Okay. Um, I actually got to write that down. Any other ones you want to get off your chest? Um, let me think. I'm trying to think of some that aren't Mavs related. Nah, nah. I, 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 hot takes for me. I, I can't just think of hot takes off the top of my head. I, I got to form an opinion somehow. I don't have nothing. So for me. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm going to update a previous one I said. I said Josh was going to average 11 points per game. I'm upping it to 12. Okay. Um, based on the current roster construction. And my hot take of the year, you should know this. And if you are a uh, patron, you should, you should also know this. Grizzlies not making the playoffs. That's my hot take of the year. Damon hot take. Grizzlies not making the playoffs. I just feel like their their season is cursed. After this Adams news, that's that's really kind of the nail in the coffin for me. I know you're gonna say Stephen Adams is not really a gigantic blow like that. The where I, I mean, see, I think it's a pretty big blow. But people, not the one that's supposed to knock them out of the playoffs. I would say people would think. No, nah, nah. it's it's the beginning of the end as far as I'm concerned. Um, that's that's mine. Any other ones you said you don't have any more? Nah. All right. And again, we'll update this as we go. If you have any hot takes during the season, we'll we'll add them. I'm trying to get like the TNT crew had a sticky note in the background. You can't even see it, but whatever. It's back there. All right. Getting to the end of the show, Reese. Who you got for our patron shout out? Uh, was that's what I was trying to. Fine right now, but just you know the past ones that you've said? Yeah. Right. Plus, I mean, some people are gonna get more than one shot out of it, Jimmy. Because because of how many we have. But the Patreon or patron shout out for this week goes to Darius Davis, who is an outsider starter at the five dollar tier. Has been a member for three months. Shout out to you, Darius Davis. Okay. Shout out to Darius Davis. Y'all can't hear me clapping anyway, but, you know. Trying to clap for you. Thank you. Anyway, it's time for the highly anticipated return of the weekly forecast. Featuring our unofficial third member of the podcast, Weatherman Bibbs. Weatherman Bibbs, welcome back. What's on the forecast for this week? Yes, Reese. I'm back. Ready to attack. I'm back in black. 
Never mind. Not going to talk about cooking crack. Anyway, uh, we're, we're back for the weekly forecast, and there are two games on the docket. The first one, <laughs> we're going to San Antonio, and uh, we're going to see that Wemby fella uh, been uh, scaring people in the preseason. You saw the blocks from out of nowhere, uh, stepping from three-point line to the rim without picking or putting the ball down and dunking while under the rim, dunking over seven feet tall defenders like they aren't there. Uh, not excited necessarily about seeing Wemby first before we get some game tape on him in real NBA action. Uh, Derek Lively, a, a fellow rookie, going to get the test right away or unless we put Grant Williams on him, see if we can get uh, under him and cause him problems with a smaller guy. It worked against Dirk early in his career. That should be interesting to watch. Uh, moving forward in the forecast on Friday, we're going to play the Brooklyn Nets. Spencer Dinwiddie, a familiar face. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, can he be the leader of a franchise? Ben Simmons is back. Historically, Ben Simmons has been a guy who could give Luka problems. That team has a lot of perimeter defenders. Uh, should be interesting to watch. Nick Claxton looking to make a statement. Feels like he was not given his proper due as a defender after the trades last year. Was on his way to being all defense and all of a sudden didn't get any love after the, the big guys were gone. Team could be looking to make a statement. A lot of guys with the names to make. Reese, how you feeling? One and one. You're going to decide which game? I don't know. If I had to choose, I would say we beat the Spurs, lose to the Nets. It, it just feels like the Mavs thing to do. Because see both of these games, games going either way. Yeah. Um, I do think we should beat the Spurs. I'm going to say 2-0. Okay. I'm going to say 2-0, and, oh. and then this is me. Uh, I actually meant to put this question back in. I forgot. But if you're a patron, you already know the answer. I was going to ask expectations for the season for the Mavericks, and when we did our season previews, we, we picked the standings for the East and West on the Patreon. I'm going to share for our Mavs people. I picked the Mavs to finish seventh. Reese picked them to finish eighth. So our expectations are not quite high. You want to defend that? or have anything to say about that at all? I think uh, there's a lot of teams in the West that either got better or just just have more talent than we do. Uh, us being the eighth isn't, oh, the Mavs are falling. It's just the West. Did I say the East at first? What do you mean? I, I, I didn't hear it. Uh, just the West is very deep with talent talented teams, and I, I could easily see the Mavs fall into eighth. Uh, that's a playing spot. It, you only play you win the first game you're in. You don't have to play two, but you get two chances. Uh, I think eighth is realistic. I don't see why anybody would say that's ridiculous. Uh, and I'm standing by it. Yeah, I, and again, I picked them to finish seventh. I had uh, them in a three-way tie, technically, for sixth, but I picked them to finish seventh. And again, it is exactly what you said. The West is loaded. It's not an indictment on the Mavs as a team. I think they could finish fourth if they were in the East. 
It's a testament to the strength of the West. It is what it is. It's a gauntlet, and we got two guys who are not known for playing all of the games. As our leaders, as you said, the top heaviness, the Pam Andersons, the the Persephones, you know, we 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 really we really not built to 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 just go run through the season and win all the games that we should win because our team is healthy. We're gonna lose some games because Luca and or Kyrie are out just off that alone, because we don't have enough horses to carry the load when they are gone. And that's going to be the case for a lot of those teams, honestly. But some of those teams are better equipped to win some of those games when their horses are out. Yeah. Any other thoughts before we get up out of here? No, nah, man. Uh, excited for the season to start. Let's let's ramp it up. All right. There it is. First episode, first weekly episode with the forecast. And the next episode, we're going to be talking about real Mavs basketball. I'm excited. I know Reese is excited, but until next time, folks, peace. Peace.